Yeah, baby. Yes, that's right. Look how I look quite low. Am I low, Paul? Am I low? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is Thursday. It is nine. So, of course, that means it's UK Cowboys time. It's just me and Paul. And we're both sporting, as you can see, this year's very delicious draft hats. So make sure you go get yours, guys. They are, uh, do you know? Yeah, it's, I, I'd go, say, I will say, I think it's well, one of the best draft hats they've done yeah. for a wee while. Like, it's, it reminds me of the 90s yes. style, style that they did. Like, I think the one similar to what they did with this one is back in the 2013 draft. Yeah! Which I thought was like, I still have to this day. It's a, maybe a little bit worn out because I wear that's probably one of my old, some one of my favorite hats, but but hey, I love it. I absolutely yes. love it. Yes, make make sure guys you go get uh, one of these very delicious hats. They are nice. I I, will say. I, I, I like you no, say in recent no. history the the last year's was quite good too. The black with the cowboys across. I like that. I, I like, I, this I like well, yeah yeah yeah. I I like this one. I I it seems to be like they went a little bit left field. The last couple of years before that, yeah, but, uh, they it, kind it, it, of come back to simplicity. See, I think that what I keep saying, like less is more effective. Like the less comp, the less, uh, but the more graphics you add in, the more distorted it can be. So I think the, it's more simplified. It yeah. stands out, and also like not just that as well. You have the also get the inverted version of this as well, where it's all blue as well. Yeah, which yeah. I was tempted to go for that, but because I have the 2013 one, I wanted something the opposite for that. So I'm glad I went with this one. Yeah, it's it's a lot better than the ones we had. Remember the ones that it was like it was the nicknames of the teams. And it was America's team. Yeah, <laughs> I, mean, I mean, don't get me wrong. It was it was okay. Like it was simple, but it was cliche, it was very cliche. You know what I mean? Look like something like as if like they kind of, you know, like when they, they were in the office and going, oh, draft hats by the way, and they're like, there's just, just something quick. And that's what it felt like. It was like just do do that, check yeah, that together. Well, like, I just when you look at the like sort of Miami Dolphins and stuff like theirs was like fins up. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like it, it, it didn't it didn't look very appealing to sell it yeah. as a draft hat. Like so, I think they've got it really spot on this year. So. Kudos to New Era and the NFL for getting that done this year. So, yeah, looks great. Yes, yeah. So uh, we are now officially the merchandise podcast. So join us every week when we talk about a different piece of. Uh, yeah, we want some. Send us, send us those royalties, NFL. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that ain't gonna happen. Um, no. no. <laughs> uh, but yes, we're here to talk a little bit more draft. We spoke on Tuesday about one of Brian's weird games where it was just basically... A weird game that I thoroughly enjoyed despite the fact that I got absolutely triggered. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We were getting yeah. trapped, mate. We were getting trapped. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know what, you know what Brian? He likes to st stir up a ruckus. Oh, yes, did. of course. Yeah, he'll always do that. He even does it in the chat. So don't you worry, guys. That's uh, <laughs> a regular in, in the season, especially when Cowboys lose. I tend to stay out of that chat because, you know, it's just going to be Brian on a wind up tease. Yeah. So, yeah, tend to stay out the way of them. But <clears throat> but today, sorry, I keep having to mute my phone. I got a bit of a bad chest. You'll probably hear it on my voice, especially on the audio. People will be like, why is his voice so weird? I have a bad chest, so I do apologize. This is what so, happens when you have kids. They just bring everything home from school. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. Yeah, that's not good. That's not good, man. No, but uh, I... Disgusting! It certainly is. But, quite, um, frankly, yeah, quite frankly, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but we, we'll talk a little bit about, um, about some day two guys, because I've been getting a lot of day two mm. questions. Um especially people asking on the scouting reports I do for the blog blog of the boys. They said stop doing uh these ones. So go a little deeper. We want one some guys on some day two guys. So we'll talk about that today, but we'll also talk about the 30 visit guys because I always say people always ask about the 30 visits and you have to kind of take I think with the 30 visits a little bit of pinch of salt. Right, not Abs that ab absolutely, yeah, absolutely, yeah. Like, because people are like, oh, I don't see Quinton Johnson get into them, and some of these other players that they they're looking at. Fair enough, but what you got to look at is not so much the players they're bringing in, but what positions do they play and what type. 
do they play at that position? And we're seeing a rate. Uh, and what, what's important, like when you look at the wide receivers, right, Paul? Hmm. There's a lot of wide receivers on there. But what I do like, it's the range of wide receivers. It's all the way from Johnson, the tall, lanky, sort of yeah. athletic guy, yeah. all the way down to, um, I know, a guy, you, you well, I'll let you name the guy that jo- you've jo- well, yeah, Jonathan, just Jonathan Mengo uh, from All the Mess. Oh, you like Jonathan Mengo as well? Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah but... I, I, I Jonathan Mengo, yeah, but uh, but Josh Steve Flowers. Downs. Josh Downs is there and Steve yeah. Flowers. That's the two wide receivers I do particularly like. Yeah. But, but, I think, uh, but personally for me, like if Dallas to acquire any of those type of players, it would definitely open something like dynamic for this West Coast offense, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah, definitely, yeah. And I think that's what's important because when you look that they've had a lot of wide receivers – the different types of wide receivers, I think, is what's most telling. So that they're looking at the because they've also had Jalen Hyatt in as well. No. So another tall, lanky guy who's going to run nine routes uh, and get deep on you. So I think that's quite important because what that tells you is that they're willing to look at a range of different types of player, even in our particular type of position, which tells you that in that this instance. I think this means more than one wide receiver in this year's draft is being drafted. Simply because if they take the the, the taller possession-type wide receiver early, they're going to go and look later down the line at the later, smaller wide receivers. Maybe like that, I don't know. Like Mengo, for example. Yeah, or, or you know, like um, Trey Tucker from Cincinnati. These yeah. guys l- later down the line that they could look at, and that because because they're looking at both the tall and the short, I think they're not trying to pin themselves down to one type of receiver, but also that they want to have a range of wide receivers. But as you say, the West Coast offense. So I think that's it. That's the biggest tell for me is look at what the the types of guys they're bringing in. Yeah, and and I think for especially within Cowboys Nation, it's one thing we need to be very peculiar of is who are we drafting to fit this mold? It's like, mm-hmm. we, need to, we need to bear that in mind. We're not going to pick a player just because he, he is the best player available, but he, he's never, it doesn't look as though he's going to be a fit for the West Coast offense. We need to bear that mm-hmm. in mind. Like, this, mm-hmm. so that so this could be from an offensive lineman point of view, it could be a wide receiver, even tight end point of view. Like, we don't even talk about, like, we're, we're, there's a really strong possibility we may draft tight end in, in the early rounds. So, I will say this, going off conversations that I've had with some of the guys, I can't, obviously, I, I, we, we never say who we're speaking to of. Uh, yeah. um, one of the reasons why these people talk to us, because we never say who we speak to, but uh, being told that tight end is being spoke about a lot amongst the coaches in Dallas. A lot. I, I, I'm not. I'm not surprised. But don't get me wrong. I am all for the Jake Ferguson train. But I, I do kind of like when you look at this tight end class this year. Like mm-hmm. quite a lot of them have a com- good complete package that they can they can block, they can catch, they can do, they can get good separation out there. I mean, yeah. there's not too many flaws with this tight end class. Like every every one of them's each to their own, their different style, whatever now. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah, of course. But, yeah. but, but when you compare it to different years, like when you compare it to the year when Dalton Schultz was uh, like drafted or whatever and that, compared to these tight ends are coming in for that these tight ends are going to be instant impact players. Even if you're going to be a second round or a third round player, they're going to go into any team in the NFL and they're going to contribute. So there's that difference of these types of guys. And even just the general physicality of these guys as well. Like when you look at like, if, um, who's the guy from uh, Dame, Matthew Meyer? Uh, oh, um, Mike Meyer, yeah. Mike Ma- Meyer. Michael Meyer, like yeah, that's the guy's an absolute beast. Like, mm-hmm. and when you look at his video, he can block uh, for for a tight end, and that's been like the creme de la creme of Jason Witten back in the day. Like a tight end that can actually help help pass protection and run block and help r- with the run game, and that's something that we've kind of lacked off in the past couple of years, especially. So, someone if we can get a tight end that can actually deliver all those attributes, fantastic. Yeah, and. and- a big point with Michael Meyer as well is I'll always say this is if you're a player from Notre Dame, 
we have a player on this team from Notre Dame. They're smart yeah. players. They know how to play the game. They're, they're very smart, intelligent players. Yep. And uh, if anyone who doesn't know who we're talking about, it's Mr. Zach Martin, offensive mm. line. Yeah. Find out from him that, you know, um, to play in Notre Dame, they have to sit a written exam. So it's, 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 so it's basically more of an assessment of that. Like to basically, you're basically being vetted to make sure that you're they're making the right choice and bringing a, you in. A smart person, basically, yeah. And yeah. I, I think he said that it's 37 questions, and the pass mark is 35. So it must be a quite hard test then, if you're just. <laughs> and it's like one of these general knowledge sort of things, you know. It's everything. It's not like a, a sport, yeah, but it's just be, and it's not just football players. It's uh, it's all uh, anyone uh, who's uh, uh, play uh, all uh, the sports. Yeah, uh, so it's all across the curriculum type of thing. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's like here it, goes. It's, it's basically just to try and get a base, trying to understand your base knowledge, pretty much. Really, they don't want to waste. They, they, that school does not want to waste his time. Yeah, and cannot, when, when they go out that. there with the gold helmets with gold dust sprinkled on them, you know. Yep. So DJ Dog here's in the house, and we see Joe's yeah. in the house. So, but DJ Dog's just mentioned academic requirements for Notre Dame are higher than normal college <laughs> and university. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's in a way, it's kind of like Notre Dame is like the Harvard of sports sports universities. In a way, if you want to put it that way, like to get into Harvard, you need to be like the top five percent or whatever in the country. Makes like, me wonder why Harvard isn't got a good football team. I mean, it's not bad. Well, it's it's, it's okay. A, it's a you know, well, it's a university is designed for like your lawyers, your doctors. Yeah, it's yeah. Like it, it, it's its own speciality. Whereas other colleges are more sports orientated, etc. Like each to their own. But if mm. you want to go, if, if you want to be a lawyer, best thing you want to do is go to Harvard. If you want to be, uh. A scientific genius or something like that. I think it's an old like um uh, MIT. MIT, that's the one. Thank yeah, you, Mike. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah. You, you so you, you get the point where I'm coming from. Sorry, just Mike, just in case anyone's wondering there, Mike is having <laughs> is having a mucus microsy is having as we cough and fits there. So yeah, uh, I'm absolutely hammering the cough button. So if you get gaps on the podcast, you know why. Um, but yes, uh it is it, it is a crazy one, but um Continuing on with the 30 visits, there are some tight ends that are on the 30 visits, mind. Um, yeah, which yeah, is quite so, interesting. Yeah, on. the one yeah, the one that really kind of stands out for me, and I've not done too much research on him, but from what I've done, saw on footage is Brandon Willis from Oklahoma. Mm, Braden Willis, oh, Oklahoma, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And we've also got Payne Dunham from Purdue. Um He's who, good. Yeah. Um also I think that was the only two that they're, I've actually they're the, yeah. They're the only two, but they did meet with some. Um, I can bring that up for you in the, the in the combine. Yeah, they're they are definitely like the way of the like a PFF and stuff like that. Kind of graded them. They're going to be very late rounders, like six and seven rounds. Yeah, yeah. So, but they they did in uh, the combine. They had a formal interview with Dalton Kincaid and with Shoemaker as well. Kincaid, I would love to see. Mm. Oh, I would okay, like, yeah. like if, if if we were to land Kincaid, like maybe not as a first round draft pick, but if we're forced to go that down that route, then great, cool, whatever. But I'm not going to be mad at it because there's a lot of positions where certain best player availables are going to make an instant impact to our team this year. Because and the, I keep going saying to this, it's like for how well it's so it feels so weird to say this that how well we've done in free agency, it feels yeah. as though we've got a little bit a good bit of freeway. Like obviously the biggest need still is left guard. That's still the say. that's still the biggest need for the Dallas Cowboys, regardless of whatever you see. Like if we pick up a Nile right receiver, cool. But we still need to draft a left guard some point in this draft, or mm. get or trade for a left guard from another team. Well, by by whatever means, we still need to get someone because obviously with Connor McGovern gone, he's off to Boston. We do have that little whole. A void in the offensive line, and and I don't know about you, mate. I'm sick of shifting offensive linemen already established and moving the goalposts. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I want I really like to get away from that and have an actual guy that's actually played the position, he's set in that position, like Zach Martin is at right guard, mm -hmm. like 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 Tyron Smith is at left tackle, like 
he's I don't like him being on right tackle, but it's it's a lot of questions they kind of throw out there, you know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it it's definitely a case of inside, and obviously when we're talking inside, when it comes to the line, we're talking left. When we're talking inside defense, we're talking one tech. So it, it's a mirror image, really, when you think about it, of each other uh, for requirement. Obviously, on the back end of that, I think if you wanted to say what else is a requirement uh, for the offense, is tight end is the second one and cornerback on defense is the second one. So they're kind of the two places. And they're looking at cornerbacks, that's for sure. They definitely looked at them. Yeah, not enough, though. Um, I would say so. Emmanuel Forbes they've had in mind. Yeah, he'll be gone by then, though. But like, yeah, if we're talking about the second yeah. round and stuff like that, like, he's going to be going in the first, I think, potentially. I don't know. I don't know. But, but who knows? Again, like, we, we saw players that we thought that should have been drafted in the second round fall down to the fourth round. There should have been players that should have been in the first round and drafted in the third round. So anything could happen. Like, all yeah, those, yeah. like, let's like, see, who knows? Like, Trenton Simpson, the Clemson linebacker, he may actually fall down for, for reasons unknown. I, I'm t- the only reason why I don't think Emmanuel Forbes is going in the first is his size. I mean, the guy is small, very lanky. Um, I don't, I don't know if you've seen, but I've done, I've done Steve Avila come out this week, my scouting report. But before that was Emmanuel Forbes, and I was watching a lot of Emmanuel, and, and I'm trying to watch it, and you can see what he's going to be in the NFL. But the issue is, is, is it's just his size. His size is what's going to put people off. Wanting to draft him early. Bear in mind, though, mate. Bear in mind, like, every rookie coming out of college, they, like, spent, they've got time to develop and add that muscle. People said that with Terrence yeah, Steele, yeah. undersized. Look at the size of him now. He's actually, yeah. he's done the work. He's now really built up that frame now. I'd, why can't we see that the exact same with, like, Steve Ivea? Like, honestly, like, like, if we don't get Steve Ivea, like, pff, man, I'd be, I'd be, Frankly, I'll be absolutely gutted, obviously, but I think he would be the most logical choice. Like the way how things are going, if we're going for pure need with the best player available together, I, f- I don't mind us kind of reaching for a guard like Steve Avia. I don't mind that. Mm-hmm. Like we might even think about maybe trading back maybe two or three places, get an extra pick in the second or the third, and get Steve Avia that way as well, and pick up some really good players in that second and third. So Either way, like I think, and and as we can see in the comments, left guard is the number one priority, and we, I completely agree with everyone that's commenting right now. Completely agree. Um, but yeah, but guys, let us know your comments. Like, yes, let, let, yes, let us know. Like, like obviously, we're the first round. We know what our biggest need is. But what players do you think in the second round? Do you think we should look at? So I like so going through it, Steve Avila. I mean, love, right? I've watched him. There's some aggressiveness. He needs to slow down on to um, what's the word I'm trying to look for? When I watched it, there's like this lunging that you get with him because he's trying to be the most aggressive guy, and I think he just that's easily coachable. But somebody just needs to take him and go. Listen, you're an athletic guy. You are totally fine with what you are. You're a big, bulky guy. You're squatty, you get low, you get down. Are you, are you referring to Avia? Yes. Right, right, yeah. And I think they just need somebody to grab hold of him and go, just slow it down. Honestly, you slow it down. Wait for the guy to come to you rather than you trying to attack it, and you'll, you'll be totally fine. It's run blocking. No problems. Not, not much there to teach. You you blocking. need you need that aggression for the run blocking. You oh yeah, 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 hell yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but, and that's but, why he's so good at the run blocking because the oh, run yeah, blocking yeah. and the part. So here it is, right, Paul? We both know. Uh, well, well, pass well, blocking. Well, well, mate, you... I was I was going to say like I think the words you were looking for in general for Steve Avia is controlled aggression. Yes. So you you know yourself playing it. Uh, uh, that... Yeah. Run blocking, you want to get in there. You want to get your face and get forward and get aggressive. In pass blocking, 
you want to try and sit back. You want to try and let it come into, especially if you're playing zone blocking scheme, because it's all a, it's a, it's an elegant dance, the zone blocking scheme. So what happens, I think, with Avila is he plays both types of block in the same way. So he wants to be the most aggressive guy on every snap. Yep. So here's the good thing. Now we've got a new offensive lineman coach that could actually probably help Avia with yeah. that. And him going into the situation, he's got Tyron Smith, he's got um, Zach Martin there to help him out in terms that of helping up. Yeah. Yeah. So if we do get, if we do get Avia, just saying hypothetically, we do draft Avia. Doesn't matter if it's the first or second or whatever. If we do get him, he's going to be in good hands and he's going to develop and he will be a good unit. But is gonna con is he's gonna change our run game one hundred percent for sure, and there's a big one. It, it's position versatility. Uh, like put it, you, you can play. You, <laughs> yeah, can yeah, play center. Vila yeah. can play center. He's also played. <laughs> yeah, I've watched him play snaps at right tackle, left guard, and right tackle. I get, yeah, I get that. I get like I do like the fact he's versatile, but I would like to keep Avia isolated to the one oh, position. Yeah, yeah, of course. Like like what you want with Tyler Smith. You want to stop him exactly bouncing, moving in and out all the time. Like let's set it in stone what you are, what it is, and stick it, to it, it. It just creates less room for error and takes more responsibility on your craft as an offensive lineman in that certain position. Like, see, if, like for for example, right, my first two years I played left tackle. And I was shifted into guard as my permanent spot. And for me to transition into that, it can it it, it does mess think, with you. It does mess up with you. Like you have to think about the different who's your inside gap assignment. You need to think about who like what's the strong side a lot more. You need to think about your A gap and your B gap more. Like if you're on the left tackle, it's, it is a lot more simpler. Uh, like like if you uh, it, how would I explain this? If you're playing left tackle, like obviously you're the blind side for the quarterback primarily, yeah. right? So for me, when I was playing there, my, my quarterback back then was Neil Bapti, and he still plays to this day. Shout out to Neil Bapti, mate. <laughs> um, so, uh, so for me, it was my job to make sure that he was always protected and that. And the, the, the worst part of being, you need to be quick as a tackle you need to be quick for the kick steps oh yeah 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 but whereas in guard you just really do need to hold your ground mm. that's that's the biggest difference between those two positions even though you're still blocking but there's two completely different dynamics with the left tackle and like, like, with the guard and tackle position so well, you say there's the kick step on the, on the tackle and where is the guard uh, as well is it's small uh, phone booth space yeah like like so you're starting off like that but it becomes more more of a bubble like yeah, like, yeah, yeah. and you're seeing the tackles dropping down a lot more quicker whereas the guards are dropping ever so smaller but the center kind of kind of remains small just, space it's it's the more smaller steps yeah, so yeah. so it just becomes the more they're, they're creating more of a bubble when the yeah. pass protection hits yeah uh, and it's quite interesting um because there is as well uh, uh, another one, Antonio Maffey as well. Um, I, I, I like Maffey. I like Maffey as well. Um, yeah. I, I do I do think he does kind of lack in the aggressive side, though. That's my thing. Like, I think he's more technically sound and more in pass protection. But in terms of, sh like, he's like the slightly polar opposite of a Villa a little bit, you know? <laughs> Yes, um, they've also uh, they, there's a sneaky one, I, and you know what I'm like. I try and have as many guys on my board as possible. Um, I don't like not knowing, and the Cowboys are brought in um, from the Rainbow Warriors, Hawaii. They have a guy with the last name of Manning coming in. Uh, uh, yeah, the offensive lineman from Hawaii. Yeah, so I need to now go and check what he's all about because i don't like not knowing but what is interesting paul that they had aiden aiden o'connell in uh quarterback uh yeah him a private workout but now they brought in clayton tune so i think we're looking at a day three quarterback in the mix as well so yeah that's gonna be quite interesting to watch out for yeah well jerry did come out Weeks prior to this, and they said they are intending drafting their quarterback. Mm -hmm. Where, where in the draft, we don't know. We 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 know it's not going to be first and second rounds. It mm. could be a it could be a third, could be a fourth, fifth, sixth, or seventh. We just don't know. 
it could be a free agency. There's enough. Uh, could, uh, could be uh, not. Well, not free agency. What do you call it? After the draft, and draft, draft free agent. Yeah, we go. Yeah, we go. Yep. Yeah. Uh, uh, the word escaped from my mouth there, Mike. Thank you. UDFAs. Yeah. yeah. So um, the Cowboys as well. Generally, they do quite well with the UDFA side of it all. Um, yeah, they do. They they always seem to have the guys in the right places to run up those steps and knock on the door before everyone else. Um, so we will talk about um, the quarterback side of it all. That's definitely something. The other position group, though, that I have noticed they seem to be uh, striking on quite a bit is linebacker. Yes, and one of them is uh, the Marion Overshawn from Texas. Overshawn. Yes. Yeah. That would be a good. That would be a good fit for the Cowboys. <laughs> Not just because he's from Texas, but his style of play for a Dan Quinn defense. I think he would be a good fit. The thing is, is it's quite funny because, like, obviously, Overshone's, um, uh He was a. Uh, sorry, hold on. I got messages coming in on Twitter at the same time. We get uh, so. First of all, before we carry on about Overshone, thank you everybody for sending in. The, the, the Yukis are flying in the messages, but if you're doing it on Twitter, they won't come up on the screen. So I do apologize, guys. That's not yeah, us, that's so, Twitter. Yeah, so either if you want to get your comments in, jump on onto our Facebook or YouTube. Um, the stream's still available there if you want to get your comments in. So, guys, we appreciate you. So, but we see you guys out there. We see little Matt, Lebowski, DJ Dog. Uh, we see you there, Joe, and we see you, Adrian, as well. And you see the comments as well on Twitter and all the likes and hearts coming in. So thank you very much, guys. But I, we can't bring them up on the screen. I do apologize. Anyway, Overshone, I do like. Um, what is usually I find interesting is uh, he's obviously uh, an ex-safety that moved to linebacker. And, a lot and, of and, people... that, and that and that's what I mean. It's that hybrid, like, and that's, yeah. it seems to be the same type of mode. Like, what was it, uh, Jalen Kurt? No, no, Jalen Kurt. Who was the other, who was the other guy that we brought in the same year as Chaos? Uh, came from Atlanta. Um... Oh, I know who you're on about. Um, I, I, he just got signed, and I, I, I just seen him. Uh comments. Help, his... help me up here. Help me up here. Uh, you know what I'm talking about. He, we signed them on free agency the same year as Jalen Curse. Keanu. Uh, Keanu Neal. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> there, there See, we go. it was on the tip of my tongue. There we are. Yeah, um, yeah. Yes. So, I mean, like, these guys who were safety that moved to linebacker can sometimes – because a lot of coaches think that they're just they transitional, that it'll work, and it's not because it's a different mindset sometimes. Oh, Lebowski, just, just getting in. Thank you very much. Um, but, yeah, but um, – they think that it can just be, but it's a mindset because a linebacker and a safety, although they can be fairly similarly built, it's a different mindset. But Overshone has shown that he can do that. And he's, he's done it well. Mm. And there's a little bit sometimes that I've seen uh, uh, in a, on a few occasions where if you could just teach him that final little tweak, the final little niche to how it works, he could actually as well add a very decent part of pass rush to his game as well because he's almost there with it he's, he's really yeah. he, you can see it and i think you've got that you've got a complete linebacker that you can use and you can throw out there and be really effective on all three downs and when you think about it then you've got lv yeah. Yeah. damon clark you could have this i mean there's another guy we'll speak about in a minute but you throw in overshone in there as well who's going to be a little bit more rotational but you put him in there in that first year. I mean, you, you can be quite happy. You could feel confident by that linebacker court. Yeah, I mean, in a way for the linebacker court, we, we just really need to increase the numbers on our linebackers, really. Yeah. Like, we, like we need That's more sure. rotation, and we need to kind of give Parsons a break, like from time to time. And yeah. I think that, and I don't, and I don't know what your thoughts are in comments, like uh, guys in the comments. I don't know what your guys' thoughts are, but. As much as I love Michael Parsons, I kind of felt as though him being too stubborn not to come off the field kind of shown out like he was burning himself out in certain games. And we saw the slight decline in some performances. Like there'll be times where he was come off the field, then he would come on, then yeah, he would look good. But I just kind of feel like if you put him in there for too long, he's just going to burn out. I think 
that he uh, was overused, that's for sure. Yeah, um, and, and he does have that dog, that dog mentality, which I do love. I love mm -hmm. that about Parsons, and he's an absolute beast. But there's a comes to a time, it's like, take a breather. Like, take, like, take, like, go out this actual, like, this series and come back for the next one. Let some rotate someone else in, let you catch a beaver, and we can get you back more up to a, a more better, like, get your breath back, and you can go steam ahead again. Parsons was like, no, keep me in, keep me in. So we need someone, we need to bring a linebacker in to kind of help get rotation in and just basically ensure that our whole defense is intact and there's no one going to be burned out and it's going to leave gaps open, essentially. Yeah. Um, no, I like Dorian Williams. No, no, I, I do. I do prefer Dorian Williams. Yeah, without yeah. A doubt. I'm just saying, we're just kind of saying that uh, it was actually quite a surprise to see Overshawn being one of those names that were brought up and we do like him. But if you were to ask us who would we actually want to draft ahead, it would definitely be Williams 100%. Oh yeah. Yeah. Williams is better all around. I think that with Overshawn, he will certainly over time, as he improves, he will be the better type of pass rushing linebacker that you'll have in the NFL, where Dorian Williams is just the better overall, because he's good at in tackling, run defense, mm. can cover as well, which is really big um, in today's game, the linebacker. And yeah, I I, I think I they're very, very close. That's for sure. Um are they very close, actually? I might take that back. No, don't, they, they're, they're further apart than I'm thinking. I've got, I've got a question off topic, right? As Well, not off topic. It's still related to our list here, right? Mm -hmm. Of all the positions that we're I'm looking at right now, right, there's one position that we've actually interviewed, right? And a lot of people, like, and I can see in the comments, they're... Um, asking for this particular position if the opportunity presents itself. But there's only one player that we've looked at, and that is a, a, line, a running back. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, uh, yep. And I Zach don't know. Yep, Zach Evans, which I think would be a great addition for this type of West Coast offense as well. But the, I'm going to, I keep saying this, as much as how good B. John Robertson is, I wouldn't draft him. I wouldn't do it. The reason why I wouldn't draft him because in the pass protection situation, which is still part of being a running back, he gets pushed over so easily. And you can go and watch the film on him, like watch him in pass protection. It's not that great. Like, but when you give him the ball, he's phenomenal. But mm. we we need him to be good in both things. Like, especially if you're paying a premium for a first round for five, like potential five years on, you need him to be good as the last line of defense for your quarterback as well. So, for that and for that being said, I wouldn't draft B. John because of that. Yeah, and, and also, would he really fit in this type of West Coast offense style? Mm, it's topsy turvy. The the issue I have with the B. John Robinson is that he is a fantastic talent. Yes, no, yeah. no, 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 no question, no question about that. Whoever gets him is going to be very happy. My issue is with the way the Cowboys' needs are and the way that everything goes on, is it ends up being an issue with um, it ends up becoming an issue of draft sequencing. And if you do a draft and you you, you a drop a mock draft and you draft running back first you find that the rest of the draft, you're kind of chasing after um, need as well as value because you've taken that first running back first. Everything now drops down. All your needs and all your players all get pushed down around. And then you're constantly trying to, to, to chase after what it is you're after. And then you'll find that you're overreaching. Um, you're kind of like taking players out of round, whereas if you do it the way that your board is set and you don't deviate too much from that plan, you find that everything just clicks nicely into place as you're going along and you get good value for the guys that you're after. Yeah, I mean, And like, it's weird that how that works. Yeah, I mean, if, when you look at the other running backs that are potentially available, like you could, can get in the second and third round, like Gibbs, Carbonet, Arkane, McBride, Bigsby, 
um, even uh, Taji Spears, an odd guy that people are like, I like Taji Spears, but he will be a later rounder. Like, yeah, but uh, but it, it's not a desperate need. But I still think it is something we do need to address because we don't know the condition of is Tony Pollard going to be one hundred percent when he comes back, and who's our number two essentially. Like we need we need yeah. a good solid number two now that that Zeke's gone, like so. Yeah, I, I, it, it's a straight. It, it's a crazy one, and um, Lil Mac put a big one is second round. Defense absolutely, attack. absolutely. One hundred. You got your guy. You got your. Guy. I've got my guy, Sayaka Aika from Baylor. That is my guy. That is like, like that. I I love Aika a lot. Right, the guy reminds me a lot of. Vita Vea from Tampa Bay Buccaneers. That's the guy I, I think it refers, not just because of like like his size, the stature, and stuff like that. It's the mm -hmm. way he plays. It's the way it, he has that aggressive streak, hitting that A gap really, really effectively, and he gets nice and low, low out of his stance to really put the, the fire against those offensive uh, offensive linemen. So I'm all for it, and he's a good run stopper as well. Mm. Yeah. So that's your guy. I've had a look at a, a three tech, uh, Jacqueline Roy from LSU. So, mm. that me. Um, I did speak to her about uh, old Jack Roy. I said, you know, he, he's not a bad player. Mm. Uh, there is a possibility, there is, mind you, because of the off field stuff that has happened, that Mazzy Smith could fall that far, mind. Potentially. Is a potential of it. Um, you know, like I know a lot of people talk of Keanu Benton. I think second round is a little bit rich uh, for him in that particular play uh, place. Um, but it's definitely one hundred percent. I I'm with Little Mac that it is a need. Um, that's one hundred. Yeah, yeah. Like because when you think about, yeah, we've got Jonathan Hankins back for one year, but what we're going to do for the following year, we need to get someone in now to kind of like get him settled down and take us forward to the next step. Mm. Yeah. Um, I think they will definitely, because a lot of people in the chats, the UKs are all talking about running back. And yeah, I, I, I'm, yeah, I'm I, I, yeah, I agree with little Max comment Fourth round. I think would be the perfect spot for getting a running back. And that's going to, and the way we're seeing things right now, especially when it comes to that pesky Eagles and, and also with the Kansas City Chiefs in the Super Bowl, they had like a running back by committee, like and it was all in rotation. And when you look at a salary cap from the business point of view, it was all very low. I, I believe that like wasn't Kansas City like all their running backs were like under two million under the cap or something like that, like those three running backs, like for that. Contract. I think it's a little bit more, but yeah, it, it was. Very it was in that range anyway, yeah, but yeah, it, was all, bit, it was very little. Yeah, so and. The fact that like the idea of drafting an uh, running back in a first round, uh, it feels like deja vu over again. Yeah, so. yeah, um, yeah. Uh, in answer to that question is, um, so what, what, what? So what's the question? Just for our listeners, and that like, uh, DJ Dog's just asking what the off-field issues were for. Um, Mazzy. Uh, Mazzy Smith is that um, he got arrested some time ago um, over to do with charges with a gun. Um, oh, God, yeah, that's not good. Yeah, so it, it's it's a bit of an uh, awkward one because we don't like to try to talk too negative about the big issues. Uh, it, that are out it, there. it will affect his draft stock substantially. Like, if, if anything was to kind of tell when you get into trouble by any authorities, you can actually take Dak Prescott as an example. Like, yeah. like he was probably told to be a second rounder and fall down to the fourth. Luckily for us, we got him. And uh, and you can also sort of say about Jeremy Tunsil. First, it was going to be like the first overall, and he fell down to what, 18 for something like that? Yeah, yeah. And I mean, like, with, with Mazzy, the big one that happened, it, like, obviously he got arrested and all the rest, but, but um, uh, Harbour and all, all the rest of them were like, like, he was very open, he was very honest, and he he talked very openly about it on, on a chat. 
so that he, it wasn't like he was trying to hide what he did, which is a big one. So although you can say, as some scouts will do, they'll they'll put the the, the bracket of character concern, but I don't mm. I don't know if you can really like these things happen, you know, especially today, and we're not about to become the th- the. Uh, the Second Amendment conversation here, because that will really kick things off here. So we're not going to do that. For one thing, we're not even American, so we're not qualified to talk about it. So don't worry. Yeah, we're we're not qualified. <laughs> we'll stick to football. Um, uh, it was a couple of years ago, DJ Dog. So yeah, um, feel free to Google them. It's not a major. It wasn't made, but. It's something that you you wonder what will if that will make him, it'll make him tumble a little. You just have to wonder about that. Yeah. Um, but the other one, the other interesting linebacker, who is actually on the cards, and I think is would be huge for the Cowboys. Is Simpson? yeah, Trenton Simpson from Clemson. Yeah, if we were to land Simpson, that would be That's crazy. Don't you worry, little Mac. It's, there's never politics. No, on never, this show. never, <laughs> never. We stick away from that. It's all about yeah. sports. But um, if, yeah, if the Cowboys were to somehow, by pure miracle, were to get Trenton Simpson, then wow, that 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 you could actually call it defense. Well, I'm well, not maybe the defensive player of the year, but I would say defensive. Potentially, with the Cowboys have you to get Simpson into that mold, that would be scary, absolutely okay. scary. And and even like in fact, if, even if you add these two players, right? Even if you add like Simpson and Ica to that defensive line front and the linebacker core, yeah. that is gonna make offenses shaking their boots. I'm telling you. And and look at this, right? That Michael Parsons, rapid guy, quick off the mark, right? Trent Simpson, right? You've got to like everything that he does. And and again, like we were saying, in today's game, you need to be able to cover as well as an as a linebacker. And it's an evolving game. It's really good. Yeah, it's an evolving game for linebackers. It's like you're asking a lot more of them now, and the 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 god the pit the pedestal is now much higher. No, the bar. That sorry, the bar is higher. Let me get let me get my terminologies here. Right, I do apologize. But I mean, like the guy is just a tackling machine. He's got that tackling fuel. But you, when you look tackling fuel, sorry about tackling fuel. But when you look at Michael Parsons, and we know he's a fast guy. He's quick. He's bursty. Trenton Simpson. Is ten yard split one five five. Bear in mind the guy's nearly two hundred and forty pound, right? His forty yard speed four four three. Like that's a yeah, that is a fast linebacker core you got back there, and he still pumped out twenty five reps on the bench as well, which is is that's for good. a linebacker. For a linebacker, that, that's pretty good. Like you would expect, like a defensive line and offensive line to be in the thirties and stuff like that. Wide receivers, like in the tens and stuff like that, whatever. But for linebackers to get near close to thirty is actually really, really good. Yeah, that is a, yeah. Cheers, Labarski. We much appreciate that. <laughs> I mean, who knows these? Like, who knows these? He, he might fall down. Like, we might have to reevaluate things. We might, like, if we were to go over for Simpson, right? We might need to trade back up to get like a Ivia or Ivia, for example. Like, mm-hmm. so who knows? Like, we might. I mean, this this is the thing. I think this is what Brian was trying to do on Tuesday was all these different case scenarios where, yeah certain players were available, do you take the trade and fall back, or do you trade up, etc. I think this is w- going to be one of the most interesting drafts we're going to have for a long time, because th- there's a lot of uncertainty, there's no guaranteed position that we're going for, and Benny, I wish you were here 10 minutes ago, because <laughs> we were just literally just talking about B. John. Um, I will say I disagree to a certain extent, but emotional damage. I'm sorry, but that's just me. Um, reasons for again pass protection. That's why. 
pretty much. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, like it is all good when you look when you look at that. But it, it, it was an interesting comment as well, though, by um by dog saying which two positions would you take? And he's saying linebacker. I, I, I if you said like say linebacker in the terms of like a if you said like a Trenton Simpson in the first and a Will McDonald the fourth in the second. I know he's a defensive and edge player, but you could you can tinker around with those little finite parts of it. I guess that I would agree with in but, that sort of way. So, you know? so so what's the question? The word question talking about for the first two of round? the same just throughout the NFL draft for the Cowboys draft. What, what right, two so, players would you take of the same position? For me. Defensive tackle. Yeah, well, wait. So I'm still confused what what the question is. Like, so first round, like, obviously, uh, we primarily would find maybe left guard, but whatever two positions would be happy with. So, what position would you consider to taking two players at? Oh, right, right, right. And um, all right, like the doubling down on players. Yes, right, right. Cornerback could be another, for instance. Ah, I get you now. Okay. Um. Yeah. Linebacker and defensive tackle, yeah, easily. Cornerback like, is is or or the or, or doubling down and guard potentially. Like there's there's the what's the guy from? Hold on, I actually had his name not that long ago actually. Um, but Zavia, the a guard from Zavia, is it North North Arizona or something like that? I can't remember his name. I can't remember what school, but his name is uh, Zavia. He's a guard. Do, 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 do. One moment. What is last name? Uh, Z-A-V-A-L-A. I don't have him on my board. That's right, interesting. Oh, you want about Chandler? No, no. You're, that's NC State. Is that who I'm talking about? I've got the NC State guy, Chandler Zavala. That's who I'm talking about. Oh, right. Okay, sorry. Yeah, Zavala. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, I have looked at him. He's a nice guy. Um, he was uh, transferred from a D2 school. Thank you, Lobarski. Cheers. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I mean, again, inside offensive, defensive tackle is one I would like to go to. Yeah, um, like, I, I think primarily, like, like, so primarily, like, if I was to double down, like, if we can get, like, like Ivia, then that definitely fills a void for sure but I think we will probably need to bring someone in a much later round just for numbers pretty much um, yeah I was the one who brought it up tonight <laughs> but here's one for you though where we're talking second round guy Ooh. I know we, we, we both like John Michael <laughs> Schmidt and Cody Mack Cody Mack's an interesting one though because I like Cody Mack <sighs> he, he is good he is good the issue as well is always the same thing when I'm looking at FCS schools is that you want to see that big bully and he is but sometimes well, we, we, we saw we saw good glimpses at the senior bowl though. at the senior bowl you did see him step it up and he did you know you're asking him you're asking him there to keep up with the big boys and he did keep up with he the did. big boys so um, that to me is a good clear ended here that he has more than capable of doing it. And he was, if he was given the right, much more development and coaching, he could be an absolute beast. But yeah, um, but but also, I do like Schmitz as well. Either Schmitz one of those, I prefer, I like, prefer Schmitz definitely. Mark, Mark just has this lazy, uh, <laughs> oh no, this... brain of DJ dogs, <laughs> I can see it. <laughs> Uh, um, that uh, <laughs> that, 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 is, that is a good shout. If anyone didn't know about me last year, how big I was and Cole Strange, a guy that should have been a third rounder, ended up going in the first round. To be honest, I was quite surprised about that myself because I did ha I did have him highly rated, but not as highly rated as a first round. But yeah, but who knows? Again, there's we just don't know what to expect. With it, with the draft, it really is a lottery. Other teams have different needs and different thought processes. Like they might pick players that, what in the hell? That was a surprise. Like mm. it was, it could be like the New York Jets passing up on Warren Sap all over again. Who knows? You know what I mean? <laughs> like it could be one of those scenarios. This is a tough one. 
There's a draft is tonight. Who would you draft, Paul? Let's go first, um, because we're talking day two, guys. I'm going to ask you who, and everyone at home as well, answer this. Yeah, yeah, guys, get, get, yeah, get your promise. Like, who would be your first, and, and make this sensible, all right? It's totally yeah. fine what you put, put, but make it sensible. Like, don't put, like, <laughs> um, you know, like, don't put guys who are obviously not going to be available there in at 26. But yeah. who would be your first? And your second round pick. I'm gonna add to that. Who will be your two guys? Now, this is a tricky one. Um, so get answering. Uh, because it could be uh quite interesting how this how this all falls together. Now, for me, right, I'm gonna say my second round pick is gonna be Nathaniel Dell, tank Dell. Oh, the wide receiver from Houston. Yeah, because although although like maybe Josh Downs, maybe Jalen Hyatt could fall to you um, in the second, which I'm totally fine with. I would be fine with either of those uh, in the second round, not in the first. There's massive reasons with both players why I wouldn't take them in the first. In the, f in the first round, I am going to go with whoever the top corner is, whether that's Joey Porter or Manuel Forbes, I'll take that. Hmm. For me, if, if, if he was to fall down to number 26, it's Kalaja Kansi from Pittsburgh. In the second? No, in the first. In the first? If he was to fall down to 26. I think he'd make it to 26 to you. There's a strong possibility. I think he would be the best player available if that was the case in terms of need, for sure. The size doesn't concern you. No, not at all. Not at all. You're, so you're thinking, you're you're thinking that Every, this, everyone's this is an saying, outlier, and I, you're using him as an outlier. Everyone, everyone's saying that. Everyone said that about Aaron Donald all those years. He was very undersized, and look what was he happening. Is, it, he it, is. It, it really depends on the player. He's got the right attitude. He's got the he's got a good development at Pittsburgh there. So I would be quite happy with that. Um, but more realistically speaking, if it was me, I would maybe even trade back a couple of places, get Steve Avia, and get and like in the second round, I would look into say Ike Ika. I would look into potentially like so Nathaniel Dell. I uh, would look even look into one of the tight ends potentially, like um even, Washington could be there in the second. Yeah, Luke, Luke Musgrave or something like that. Luke Musgrave could. Uh, but but also if there's a really good linebacker there, like um someone made it in the comments there, Jack um Jack Campbell. Jack Campbell or a yeah. uh, what's his name? Uh, uh Dillian Hanley or oh, this is just there's a really good bunch of names there, like in linebacker that are, that can really make an impact in the second round. But I would like still go... possibly, I think it like, might be a reach. He's more of a third round guy. He's Noah Sewell. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, third round. But yeah, but honestly, I'd just be happy if it's a, a very logical choice. Like what what I'm saying is. Obviously, best player available, but it also needs to be a position of need. Like it, it needs to be a slight combination of both. Like if this, like, say for example, Kansi falls down, obviously he's got more of a potential to be an absolute stud than IV or a left guard is. Like there's 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 that precedence there. So that's where my kind of headset is. I'm not thinking about, oh, just get that player just because. No, we need to think very logical here, like for sure. Like, and I, I'm so I, I just sound like an absolute sick, like a, a rush.com general manager right now. <laughs> I really do. No, I mean, it, it is interesting. Here's an interesting one, though. Uh, off Twitter, the, the conversation on Twitter. Thank you guys again. Uh, Ventrell Miller. Is that not an interesting guy to take in day three? And I would say, yes, I do like it. Straight line athlete, definitely compact, um, very good at anticipating the quarterback's moves. Like sometimes I watch it and I'm like, did he 
did he just guess what he did there? <laughs> or is he actually that good at reading and anticipating? Because it's it's very clever what he can do. Um, lateral movement's good. Violent tackler will dislodge the ball. You know, you've seen it a few times. Um, I think, yeah, he could be an interesting move to go for. So thank you very much for that question off Twitter as well, by the way. Who, who is it from, from Twitter? Uh, I've come off this, so I've, I've missed it now. The trouble with the comments on Twitter is they come up and then they drift off. Ah, uh, I see. They fade so, away. See, that's the problem with the Twitter format, folks. Like, so this is why we kind of recommend you to come on, like, say, YouTube or Facebook and watch it that way. So therefore, yeah. we can actually bring your comments on the show and display it and stuff like that. So, Yes. And obviously, I mean, like, you know, because um, I'm bouncing around. But going back to your comment, though, Paul. So you're saying you would be willing to trade out of the second to get like Steve Avila and then work back I, from that out the second. No, no, no. What oh, I'm sorry, mean, out the first. Sorry. So you I would trade, no, I, I, you I would trade say, into I, I the second, out to the first. No, 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 I wouldn't say out the first. I still think we need that fifth year option contract. The Cowboys sure. do love their fifth year option. Yes. So, whether I'm just trying to look for the dance partners that we've got behind us right now. So, so there's the Bills, the Bengals, the Saints. The Schmiedels and the Chiefs. See, the only one that makes sense possibly is probably the, you, the Bengals. I say. I, I, no, I would say I would. I would maybe even say um, New Orleans. New Orleans need to, to try. They to have a lot of over. Moves. Yeah, they, try and make they, them skip over what could be the potential from what the Bills go for. Exactly. They, yeah. Because the similar so, needs for that. So, process. and I also, I would be happy with that. And at that time. If likes of currency is not there, then automatically I'm thinking Steve Avia get him now before it's too late because I don't think he'll be there at 58 in the second round. Yeah. There's no, there's no chance he'll be got way gone before that. I reckon he'll be gone early second round at best. See, now that my thing is, is I'm happy to let the board fall to me on the first, right? I'm just going to take whatever falls when the ball board gets me at the first, then. I'm going to evaluate and take it there. But when I watch what happens in the second round, whenever you do these mocks and whenever you look at the talent that's left available, I think you have to trade up in the second to go get what you need. Which yeah, yeah I agree. I agree. Wrong. So here, so um, our good friend Mario, who did the T Talking Cowboys podcast, he did, yeah. a mock, he did a mock draft today, right? So he traded a first... The, our first round and our third round for a first and a second round. So you're actually back into the second round and you're only moving a couple. That, to me, is a good switch up, I think. I mm. think that that could be a good, like, potential, like, when you look at the other teams. So whether it's the Bills, the Bengals, New Orleans, even the Eagles, which um, uh, LaBarsi is probably have actually had good dealings with mm. the Eagles. It's true. It's true. Like, like if it if it wasn't for the Eagles, we never really might have got Micah Parsons. Mm. Yeah, no, that's totally correct. Yeah, like, like so. Hold on, let me just actually see if I can actually bring up that tweet actually. But like, the mock draft that uh, Mario did. Uh, let me see here. So Mario did. Uh, so yeah, so he did the trade with the Cincinnati Bengals. So so our first round. And our it's uh sorry our first round number twenty six and our third round at number ninety. In return, we got pick number twenty eight in the first, and round in the second round we got pick number sixty. That to me is a re I would really take that offer. Mm. Oh, thanks. I would definitely take that, and then I'm using my second round and my so, extra pick to yeah. move up in the second to get something higher up in the second round depending yeah. on what you take the first you flip the other way around on it, 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 it really yeah it really does depend so again we're thinking about all these different scenarios right and see this is the beauty about the nfl draft like it's like a endless tree of scenarios it's just constantly growing 
Like, so... when, when you're picking this far down in a draft, you know, like when we done the, the years past, like one of the first ones and we were picking like in the top 10, it's very easy to try and sort of figure out where you're going to go and what's going to fall. You can figure the rest out. But when you're this far down, because there's so many options and you get these pool of players that are ava- not just available to you, but there's also, you know, like those surprise players and Cowboys have had. We had a comment about, you know, C.D. Lamb being out. The C.D. Lamb was not a 30 visit. We never spoke to him. We didn't interview him. We barely looked at him in combine because the, the mentality was he's not going to be there. So why bother? Yeah. Well, do you want to read out the actual uh, the picks he did? And you're going to be amazed of who he got in that second round. Go on then. Well, who did you get? This Who's the second round pick? Right, second for the two second rounders, the two second rounders at pick number 58 and pick number 60, Steve Ivia and Saiki Aika. See, so Steve can he can fall to you. It, it could, but I don't and I think in realistic terms, I don't think he will because there yeah. is other teams with a will need a a guard at some point mm. before that. So but look so I'll read out his full draft. Like I'm, I'm sure there could have been someone else in the first round, but as much as I love this player, but I just don't think we should be looking at a position. But so the first round, he went with safe flowers. And obviously then he did, the, that was with pick number 28. So obviously we did the trade before that. And we got the extra second round pick. Okay, because yeah. then, right, you think about it, that, that really that one pick is, it is Zay Flowers and Steve Avila. So you can come away from that feeling really good. Oh, I know yeah. it's not it's not great that you've got Steve Avila as your first pick, but when you put the two picks together, you go, all right, yeah. That, but yeah, yeah, I yeah. agree. We, that little Mac agrees as well. I, 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 Avila I, is it, not going to be there. You're going to have to. In, gonna, we're, we're, in reality, I think if, if we're really desperate to get Steve Avila and he's like maybe like 10 places away, I think we will need to make a phone call to trade up for some. You would form. use those two first round picks, corral them together, and you go up. First so round. I think, uh, sorry, second round guys. You, you, so you you're take. Getting, you're getting everyone confused today. I'm getting, <laughs> I'm getting excited. I'm getting excited. But what what you right, do right, is right, you right, take right. pick sixty, pick fifty eight. You 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 use those two picks in a trade to go higher up in the second round. Yeah. Then you get a Vila because he's right. going to go by pick fifty. Right, so let me read out the rest of what Mario has done. So, so wide receiver, save flowers in the first, second round, pick 58, Steve Avia, round, uh, second round, pick 60, Seike Aika. Yeah. Beautiful second round. Fourth round, Ivan Pace Jr., linebacker from Cincinnati. I like I that. I, I like that. Yeah. That's a, li- that's a linebacker position as well, see? Yep, yep. Fifth round, Corey Trice from Purdue, cornerback. Okay. Yeah, I yeah, like yeah. That as well. Fill sixth in a round. need. Yep. Sixth round, Anthony Johnson Jr. from Iowa State, the safety. Right. So mm. it's it's just a more of a rotation thing. Yeah. And 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 when you said what was the position you said you were you would double down linebacker? Yeah. Not all defensive tackle. Well, round number seven, 244, Troy Brown from Mississippi. Okay. And he got an overall grade of an A for that mm. draft. Interesting, but yeah, but guys, uh, but guys, be sure to go and check out our good friend Mario. It's just st underscore sdx Mario on Twitter. Like he does the uh, talking Cowboys, uh, well, talking with the, talking with the Cowboys fans, pretty much. So go and check him out. And uh, yes, so that's some day two guys. Uh, next week we've got a special guest with us, and we'll talk even deeper. We're going to go even deeper onto the day three guys. So mm. that should be a lot of fun. Baby. But Paul, hit me with it, baby. Yes, guys. If you're planning on to a Dallas Cowboys game this uh, this season, be sure to go check out CowboysExperience.com for meet and greets, game tickets, staying tours, and tailgating experiences, and much, much more. Keep going, okay. man. You all right there? <laughs> yeah, yeah, keep going. Yeah, guys. So, and also be sure to go and follow our fellow <laughs> content creators, like from the official DallasCowboys.com channels with like, like the Talking Cowboys, Hanging with the Boys, The Break. You've also got the draft show with likes of Brian Broadus on there as well. 
blogging the boys where you can find myself and Meg Murray on, as we mentioned, like the J Talk before in previous shows, Big Game James, uh, Skywalker Steel, Kettle Boys Camp, and our good friends from Canada and Fort Lombardi. Be sure to go and check every one of those guys out. Uh, and obviously, make sure to go on our social media. Check the travel package because we are all coming out to America next year for Thanksgiving. So that's going to be a lot of fun. Looking yeah, it's, it's going to be awesome. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. I mean, it's, it, I think this is going to be like, I mean, I think how many people have we got signed up so far? They've actually put, I think it was like at least 10 people are coming. Oh, no, there's, yeah, there's, I think in total there's about at, 16 at least, of us. At, yeah, I, well, that's what I'm saying, at least, at least. Yeah. So there's a few others as well that are going out who aren't signing up, which is fine, you know. But we still want people to come and join this. Yeah, uh, so, yeah, yeah. Don't get me wrong; there will be some guys from here in the UK, uh, UK Cowboys community, who just may want to do their own thing, which is totally cool. But but even still, we're all going to be together. It's going to be an international takeover. We're actually been talking to our friends from Cowboys Canfan. They're yeah, planning. They're they're, they're coming. Uh, they're coming over as well, and obviously. Um, we've had our connections with DallasCowboys.com and they are like the idea of this international takeover. So there might be something in the woodwork coming on yeah. ahead with that. And you might even see a few faces on their shows over in uh, in Frisco. Yeah, yeah. On the... plan. What's that? I said if all goes to plan. Oh, oh. yeah. So, uh, yeah, we'll talk more about that. Once we get a little bit closer to Thanksgiving. But you guys are the MVPs of the show, as we always say every week. And you guys are the Yukis. Without it, the show is nothing. So make sure <laughs> make sure you have a lovely Easter out there, guys. Have a great weekend. We'll see you on the other side on Tuesday when we'll be back. We'll talk some more prospects on the, on the prospect project. But stay safe. And as always, he always has the last word on the show. Dallas forever, Philly forever, folks. <laughs>